Dean and I had this tradition between the two of us. Whenever we saw each other, I would extend my hand, <clears throat> I'd shake his hand, and I would say, hello, preacher. And he had this kind of wry smile. And he would smile back at me and he'd say, hello, preacher. <laughs> and, and that doesn't sound like much, but I can't tell you how much that meant to me. Dean loved to tell people the story that he was with me the first time I ever stepped foot inside a church. I was five years old, and I was the ring bearer at my sister's wedding. They chose me because the suit fit, I think. <laughs> and, and Dean tells people that this little boy looked so panicked inside this church building. And, and I have a vague memory from that time of of this man standing over me and tapping me on the shoulder with a book and making faces at me, and I think, I think that was likely him. You jump ahead about a decade and a half later, and I was a student at Lincoln Christian College, and I would come home on the weekend and preach at the Pleasant Hill Christian Church, and Dean was our town cop. And as, as I would roll into my parents' parking space there in front of the house, and I would be unpacking my stuff, it'd be sometimes late at night, the squad car would come up behind me and Dean would roll down the window and he'd say, you want to go for a ride? <laughs> and so Dean and I would patrol the town for about an hour, half hour or so. And we would go patrolling the town. And during that time, Dean would tell me stories about his college days and his professors, his friends. And so, you know, he, he knew me as a friend. He, he knew me as a kid. And then he knew me as a college student. He watched me grow up, but he addressed me as preacher. Dean allowed me to grow up, and, and that meant the world to me because that's what a mentor does. And without thinking about it, Dean became a mentor to me. Without me asking him to fulfill that role, without him offering or telling me that he was going to do that, it was simply who he was because of, of who he was. In the New Testament, we have a, a letter at the end of, of Paul's letters. We have the letter of 2 Timothy. We believe it's the last letter that Paul wrote. He wrote it maybe just six months before, before his death. And he writes to a young friend named Timothy. He writes to encourage him. He writes to encourage him to press on in his faith, to press on in his service in the church. And as I looked at this letter this last week, I looked at it with, with eyes that saw Dean Spies eyes that saw his kind of faithfulness. And I think what Paul wanted Timothy to see in that letter is what Dean would want us all to see. As Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy, he's, he's able to share about his own confidence that he had in Christ, and, and he passes something of that on to his young friend. And in the same way, I think Dean would want us to have confidence. I think Dean would want us to have confidence in our faith. That's there from the, the very beginning of Paul's letter to Timothy. He reminds Timothy of the faith that he has, first of all, because he's inherited it. He's been brought up in a, in a Christian home, and he's inherited that faith because of his family. And, and many of you grandkids would, would look to Dean and Iva's example, and you would look to their great faith and, and how they lived it out. But like, like Paul, for Timothy, Dean would encourage you, don't rely on what we've done, but fan it into flames for yourselves. Live your faith, live it out yourself. And to emphasize that, Paul shows Timothy what his own faith, what Paul's faith 
has meant to him now that, now that he is older. 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse 8, Paul writes, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saves us, call, who saved us, called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and, a, and an apostle and a teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know, who I I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Paul's confidence in his faith can be heard there in verse 12. I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Kurt was telling us the other night about how the Spies family came to Illinois. Dean and Iva sat the kids down one night and they said, we're moving to Illinois so that dad can go to school at Lincoln. And we have no idea where we're going to live. We have no idea where we'll be working. <laughs> and that sounds absolutely crazy. <laughs> but God blessed that kind of faith. And he blessed them with a home. He blessed them with a place to serve. And, and he blessed Kansas with the Spies family. And looking back, you can look back now and you can see how things came together in just the proper timing and just the proper places. But it was a difficult time. And you know, Dean was, was not below, or he's not above doing jobs that, that others might be ashamed to do. But like Paul, Dean would say, I am not ashamed. Paul takes those experiences and he, he turns to Timothy and you hear the encouragement that he says to Timothy, follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. I think you all know this, but Dean would want me to say, it is not enough for you to say my grandparents had faith. It is not enough for you to say, I knew a man named Dean who had faith. Paul's goal was that Timothy would have that same kind of faith that he saw in Paul. And Dean and Iva and so many others would want you to know that their examples are just examples. You need to take hold of faith. You need to follow the pattern and build your own confidence. Dean lived with that confidence in his faith. And part of, his, part of that confidence was his confidence in the word of God. In chapter 2, Paul moves on to address Timothy's work of leading the church and preaching and teaching and how he needs to confront the idleness that was in the church and the gossip that was in the church and the irreverence that was in the church. That was part of their world. It continues to be part of our world as well. And the way Paul does that is to tell Timothy not just what to avoid, but what he needs to concentrate on. And we continue to live in a world of competing ideas. Everyone wants your attention. Everybody wants your loyalty. Everybody wants your time. But for Paul, for Dean, for Timothy, and I hope, and hopefully for us, we find an anchor and we find our attention drawn to the Word of God. 
Paul writes in verse 14 of chapter two, remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearer. And do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. After the church building burned down in Kansas, and as we were preparing to break ground on the new building, I asked Dean if he would offer the prayer of dedication, the prayer of blessing for the construction that day. I wanted, from the moment the, 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 of the fire, I wanted Dean included in as much of that process as possible. And, and thankfully, he, he said he would, and that thrilled me. But what amazed me was that Dean went to work studying how to give a prayer of blessing. He went to work studying how to, how to pray a prayer of dedication. And, and he, he read other prayers. He went to the word of God and he, he studied, he researched, he prayed through it. And if, if you've heard his prayer, it, it was filled with scripture. It is so beautiful. He prayed the word of God back to him because Dean knew that one day, one day his own words would be silenced. But what would remain would be the word of God. It stands forever talking with the grandkids and actually talking with other people. Several have commented about how Dean would always begin his prayers. You know how Dean would begin his prayer? Lord of hosts. Do you realize how significant that title is? Lord of hosts. It means God of armies. It's, it's a title that doesn't mess around at all. And the first time that title is spoken in the Bible, it is spoken by a, by a young girl named Hannah, who desperately wants a child. She wants a son. And she prays that the God of armies would give her a son, and that son would become Samuel, who would lead Israel, a man who would anoint David to be king. The next time it's spoken, it is spoken by David in 1 Samuel chapter 17. David is standing there, the boy up against Goliath, and he says to Goliath, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of of the Lord of hosts, and he will feed you to the birds this day. It's a title that was used in desperate times. It's used most in the book of Jeremiah when the people were facing horrible and, and desperate times. It's a title that is always used when people are up against something that is too big for them to handle themselves. And I guarantee you that in his prayers, Dean wanted you to know that nothing you face, no, no struggle, no temptation, no sin, no problem that you face is too big for the Lord of hosts. For Paul, as he was writing to Timothy, it wasn't just about what he could learn from the word of God but it was about what he had seen in Paul himself and how Paul lived it out. And in the same way, we could look at Dean's life and we could find confidence in his example. And I don't think Dean would ever tell you to follow his example, but I don't think he had to. He genuinely lived his faith and it impacted everything that he did, everything that he said, the way that he treated others. And when you see that lived out, you can't help but be attracted to it. You can't help but desire it for yourself. You can't help but want that for yourself. And, and that's what Paul is calling Timothy to in, in chapter three. And there in chapter three, verse 10, 
Paul tells Timothy, you, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me in Antioch and at Iconium and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, and yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and, we, and have firmly believed knowing from whom you learned it. You hear that in, in verse 10. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. The only way you can do that, the only way you can follow that is to do life with other people, to spend time with them, to in, invest in others, and Dean did that very well but there's no place he did it better than with his grandkids. There's no place he invested his time better than with his grandkids. And there has been such consistency in the stories I heard this week, consistency of character. I wish I could use every one of your names, but you all told me the same stories over and over again. There, there have been stories, nearly every grandchild has told me stories about purple cows. I forgot about purple cows. I have to have a purple cow now. Scrum dilly umptious ice cream, bike rides. Jeremiah also told me about a bike crash. <laughs> uh, Stevie, Stevie talked about how joyfully, how he would sing joyfully as he drove them down the road. And she said, though he was seemingly carefree, he was equally caring and sincere. And that she was blessed and thankful for having had Grandpa Spies in her life. And I know every one of you knows that your grandpa loved you. I love Camille's perspective. Camille's perspective, after she began studying for ministry, she would go to Dean and ask questions about ministry. And she said, I started to see him not just as my grandfather, but as the pastor that he was to so many people throughout his life. And you know, Camille, that's the beauty of discipleship, of sowing the life of Christ into another person. And you grandkids receive that in some personal and wonderful ways. He wanted you to know Jesus and see the life of Jesus through him. And ultimately, he did that because he wanted you to have something else that we saw in Dean, another confidence that he had, and that was confidence in his hope. I mentioned earlier that this was Paul's last letter, and we believe it was written maybe six months before his death. And the, the Apostle Paul that we read here in, in 2 Timothy, he's older. He, he's been through a lot, and, and this is a man who has lost a lot of good friends in the faith. He sent them on home ahead of him. And so this isn't the fiery young apostle that we read in, in letters like, a, like his letter to the Galatians. This is, this is an older man who's not long for the world. And we hear that in his attitude here, but we also hear that his hope is still very much alive. And so in chapter 4, verse 6, Paul writes, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. 
and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Dean would have loved to have said those words for the final time six years ago. He would have loved to have said those words six years ago when he lost Iva. Iva, who had told him many times, you have to go first. You can't be left on your own. And yet that wasn't the plan. And weren't we all amazed at how he adapted and how he flourished? I remember just a few days after Iva passed, I stopped by the house and Dean was sitting at the kitchen table and he looked up and smiled and he said, I made my own oatmeal today. <laughs> and I thought, you're going to be okay. <laughs> he was so proud of himself. And little by little, I think we all knew it would be okay. It would be sad. It would be hard. But it would be okay. Delana was telling a story. A few years ago, you might remember, a few years ago, the Powerball jackpot got up to $1.6 billion, and everybody was going nuts. $1.6 billion. And Alana was talking to Dean, and she said, what would you do if you won that money, Grandpa? And he said, I'd reupholster my couch. <laughs> and she said, Grandpa, you could buy a new couch. There's nothing wrong with this couch. Dean's treasures weren't here. His attention was on heaven. That's where his hope was. That's where his home was. That's where his love was. Kurt was with Dean as he passed. And he told Kent that the last thing he heard out of his father's mouth was a prayer. He began a prayer with his last breath here. He finished it in heaven. He finished it in the presence of the Lord of hosts. <sighs> Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. I love that Paul includes that last clause, not only for me, as if an apostle ought to be special, as if an apostle ought to have special treatment. No, but for all who have loved his appearing, to all who have found faith in Jesus Christ, to all who have found forgiveness, to all who have found their hope, for all who have trusted in his word, for all who have followed Jesus, not just in word and deed, but in example. Dean would want that kind of hope for you. Dean didn't have that hope because he lived a good life. Dean had that hope because he had a good savior. And maybe today you're looking at this man's example and you're saying to yourself, I know that is not me. I could live to 90, I could live to 190, and no one is always is ever gonna talk about my faith, my hope, my kind of love. Iva and I had this little phrase that we would say every now and then. We'd say, it's not about me, <laughs> it's not about you, it's about Jesus, and it's not about you, and it wasn't about Dean, it's about Jesus. 
Paul reminds Timothy in, in the second chapter in verses eight through 10, Paul says to Timothy, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. In those moments when you know you don't have what it takes, remember Jesus Christ. Remember his message. Remember his offer, salvation that is in him with eternal glory. That's what Dean Spies lived for. That's the hope that carried him home. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that in our, in our hurts and in our loss, we do not grieve alone. You mourn with those who mourn. Your son identified as a man of sorrows and as one that was acquainted with suffering. We come to you seeking your comfort for this family, for peace through your presence and for hope through your son. And so, Lord of hosts, we've shared some wonderful memories today, but more than memories, Dean wanted us to share hope. He wanted every person here to know that they can have forgiveness, peace, and eternal life. The forgiveness, peace, and eternal life that he and Ivan knew through Jesus Christ. And that when their life ended, they could know that an amazing homecoming was waiting on the other side. And so may we all strive to that hope. May we remember our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.